Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza with another episode of the Your Life, Your Term show. And on today's episode, we have Steve DeCoke, who came in all the way from Perth, Ontario, sorry, Stratford, Ontario, which is in Perth. Um, and he came to share his story. He goes through, his story is really interesting because he, he really goes through a bunch of real estate properties and acquisitions really quickly. And it's pretty impressive to hear him and how fearless he is with some of the things he's done. He goes from picking up his first property and living in the basement of it. Then he ends up approaching people on their doorsteps and making offers into, into an apartment building. So wait till you hear his evolution of real estate. And the reason that we love doing this show and the Your Life, Your Term show is to be able to sit down with people like Steve and for them to be willingly sharing their story, we feel is very powerful because I wish I could get access to some of the information like this when Nick and I were starting out. So to be able to share some of these stories that are not coming from us and from other people, people who have tons of experience like Steve and who are willing to share not only their successes, but their mistakes and their failures. And he really gets into some of his own life story here. We just, I, I can't thank him enough. So thank you for everyone listening and thank you for everyone who comes on and shares this stuff. This is what it's all about. It's to me, it's how we help each other. And so if you are listening to this and you want some real estate information that is a little different, you can check out some of the reports that we put together. And listen, we have the Ontario's population explosion, the untold story. So even though with COVID and the whole world right now and immigration perhaps slowing down, you have to understand the long-term trends of immigration and what's ha happening in Canada. And to understand the long-term trends, you should understand the previous 10 years. And if you want to get some of that data, you can get one of our reports at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports, where we talk about Ontario's population explosion. And some of the other reports on there are the four key factors every investor should know to understand where the real estate market is headed. Another one is, does paying for your kid's education really make sense and we compare buying a property to university education and we are not anti-education we are very pro knowledge and pro education but we just did a thought experiment and we wrote a report about that we also have a roadmap to someone who built a, a six-figure income from real estate investing on here and then we have one of my favorite reports is the destruction of the middle class i love canada and i think the destruction of the middle class because of the way the monetary system is set up in this world it's really ripping apart the middle class in a way that's not often discussed. And we have a report on it called The Destruction of the Middle Class. You can get all of these reports at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. And with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Steve. And Steve, I'm, I'm totally going to mess up your last name here. And you just said it to me. But let me try. Before you correct me, yeah. we are live with Steve DeCoke. That's right. You got right. it. Okay, I yeah, got it. Yeah, Steve, yeah. What, what, is the, what is the nationality of the back? That uh, so that's uh, Dutch. That's a Dutch. Yeah, my parents immigrated it. from uh, Holland after the war. Okay. Um, and I could go right into my story from here, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The purpose to, to have you here is 
to share your real estate investing journey and your life. Okay. So you share away. And okay. thank you for doing this. So many people are not willing to do this kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward event. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, tell us to, yeah, what have, what have you been up to? All right. So how, how old are you to begin with? So I'm 49. Okay. 49. Yeah. Married, not married? Married. Married kids. Yeah. I know you have kids because I think I've met your son briefly. Why don't That's I right. Like I he he went to one event. of your um, events. Event. We talked yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And Nick saw him at a TFC game. Uh, that's right. Nick saw you. You remember him. that? Well, to be fair, Nick just told yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> just a moment. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so married, um, 26 years uh, to my wife, Kate, and uh, we have two kids, uh, Jake and Lauren. Jake's the oldest. He's going into second year university and my daughter's going into grade 11. So, And he's uh, in university out at in Brock. Brock for yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So I'm just... Uh, kind of showing my kids a little bit about this and see if it in piques their interests. Yeah. And you know what? If it doesn't, that's fine. You know, I say to everybody, follow your dreams. Totally. Whatever We're your dream is. Way. If your dream is to be a cabinet maker, go for it. You know, do what you want to do, what you what what gets you up in the morning, right? That's what I that's I what find I like sometimes I, I catch myself when I'm talking to my son. I'm like, I, I don't want to be putting my belief system onto him. But mm -hmm. but then I'm like, but I am his father and I need to tell him what's <laughs> right. what, you know? And so I'm there's the this way. internal struggle of like, I want you to go and experience. And I'm, I'm mentioning my son cause he's older. My daughter's going into grade nine. Yeah. And, uh, I find this internal struggle of like, let him live his life, but then don't do this and do this yeah. and make yeah. sure you at least know about this. You know, it's this That's right. challenge in the world yeah. and the way the world is right now. I feel like I look at my son and my daughter. I'm like, Holy smokes. You guys have a lot of different things to think about that I had. That's right. Um, so just yeah, crazy, crazy times. It is crazy, crazy times. times. But, I agree. Uh, but yeah, lay it out for okay. us. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so I um, came from um, a set of hardworking parents with a very strong work ethic. Um, and uh, so they instilled the, the hardworking values into what I have today. Um, you know, they are, would be, say, my mentors, right? Um, and uh, so to, to fast forward, um, back in uh, 1994, I uh, bought my first rental property, which was a duplex. I uh, lived in the lower, end, uh, lower part of the duplex and rented out the top half. You didn't even take the top for yourself. No. Oh, oh. You know what? Because it was more money. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Right? It was a mortgage helper. Interest rates were 7% and it paid for most of my mortgage. So I lived in a 600 square foot shoebox. Okay. And um, my friends were would come over and um, they'd be like, uh, Steve, what are you doing? Like they had a brand new house in the suburbs, you know, with a pool, um, a little fish pond, new grass. And I lived in this 100 year old house with old wiring, old plumbing, like even I ran my air conditioner off an extension cord, you know, <laughs> so it was, but you know what, I, I'm all about delayed gratification, right? I, I just, I wanted something at the end and that's, I wanted something extra. So that was my first house. Um, the after that principle that you just mentioned, delayed gratification, yeah. that's an economic principle that typically is spoken by people that I've found in my life who achieve a lot of their goals. Hmm. If you can delay gratification, that's that is beyond to me a personal decision. That is like a fundamental principle of economics. Hmm. That if you can gather capital. Yes. Because you are planning for the future and delaying your immediate gratification, the world is your oyster. Hmm. And sometimes it's difficult to do that. But when I hear people like you speak yeah, like that, yeah. I'm always like, okay, this guy yeah. is probably going to achieve a lot of things he wanted to achieve. Yeah. But keep, continue, yeah. continue. And from there, it was one of the principles that, that I live by because um, I could see the future, um, what it could do for me. So 
I lived in that house, my wife and I lived in that house for about seven years. Uh, during those seven years, um, I was a firefighter. I'm a firefighter still, you know, about four years away from retirement. Uh, but uh, it was, I, it allowed me to, uh, during that time, I also tried to find something extra on the side. So I was working for a courier business. I was trying to get a little bit of extra, right? Not realizing that, hey, seven years later, I've got equity in my house. It's right in front of me. Right. So I ended up buying a nether duplex. I said triplex as a duplex. Um, and the duplex had like a garage at the back. Okay. And um, the guy that was selling it, uh, he said, well, you can, you can't use it as a third apartment because zoning won't allow you. Well, I went to the city and I asked them, what's the zoning here? And they said, we just changed it. It's now an R3. I'm like, perfect. So I went in there, I, I bought the property, um, got permits, converted that in. Now I have an extra at that time, six, 700 bucks a month. Right. So then I got really excited about it and I thought, this is what I wanted to do. Don't want to do all this other stuff. I'm going to focus in on real estate. So, uh, from there we ended up, um, actually buying a, uh, just a, a house for ourselves. It was just a three bedroom bungalow, 1100 square feet. And, um, we kind of, we set our roots there and established our family. And then, um, I said, you know what? I think I, I might want a cottage. Okay, so uh, up in uh, Stratford or Kitchener Waterloo, um, there's a place um, called Conestoga Lake. Okay, and they have these cottages there. And back then, nobody wanted to buy them. Okay, it's leased land. <coughs> Excuse me, it's leased land. I think okay, I've been there once. Okay, and I forget it. These yeah, there's are, like 460 cottages. They're on this all lake. scattered around this yeah, lake. And that's they're, right. They're little, like how big are these cottages? They're almost like little. Yeah, uh, you could not, anywhere from say, um, I would say average size is maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred square feet. They're not very yeah, big, got right? It, got it. Um, so, uh, anyways, so uh, there was a, the cottage was for sale that we bought. It, it was like seventy five thousand dollars. Okay, and the real estate agent that showed me this said, Steve, I know you're into investment properties. You got to realize that this is not an investment. Right. Okay. You're buying a, a, a basically a property on leased land, right, from Grand River Conservation. And I said, that's fine. I'm doing this for my family. You know, this is something for us, for me. You know, I like the boat and I like to be close to, it was so close to home. And that's why I liked it. Well, it turns out uh, 20 years later, uh, the real same real estate agent dropped by and he goes, Steve, guess what? I was wrong. He goes, your cottage is now worth like $400,000. I like so, how it's yeah. 20 years later. Yeah, he goes, he goes, I was wrong. This is, this is an investment, right? So from there, um, that, that's kind of a little side story, but it's still real estate based. Um, uh, back to my next um, property. What, we, what I tried to do, Tom, is I tried to find properties where, uh, much like the, tri the duplex, I converted to a triplex, I'd find something that was like, had a discount, okay? So I tried to buy them, um, you know, a 20% discount or something along those lines. So the next one was like a, uh, a bank repossession um, where a guy had got in, he bought the house, he renovated it, ran out of money and went bankrupt, right? So we went in and I bought that property and, um, and uh, fixed it up, rented it out, kind of like the Burr method, right? Mm -hmm. and, and hung on to it. Where uh, was that one? So that one is in Stratford. They're all okay. in Stratford. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, they're all, in, all of them are in Stratford, but, right. but one of them. Um, then the... From there, again, what I did is I, I call stacking homes, right? So that's a term you, you hear about basically where I got a credit line on every property I got, all right? So whenever I, whenever I, I, um, I, I bought a property, I'd say, I'll take, the, I'll take the mortgage plus the credit line deal, right? So then as you, as you pay off your equity on your house, your credit line rises, right? And then when it starts at zero, you just don't look at it. But then no. after a few years, yeah. you're like, holy crap. That's right, yeah. exactly. So then um, 
by, by now, people were knowing that I was, I was buying homes. And through word of mouth and local knowledge, um, I had a lady call me and say, uh, Steve, I want to sell my house. So I went over there and I said, I'll offer you whatever it was at the time. This is 25 years ago. I'll offer you, you know, $115,000 for this house. And she said, oh, no, 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 I can do much better than that in real estate. I said, that's fine. I said, and I don't mean to insult you, but um, here's my offer and I can close in 30 days. Well, two weeks later, she called me back. She says, I'll take your offer, but you have to take everything that's in the house. And I said, what? She goes, yeah, you got to have the, the fridge, the couch, everything. My dresser, full of clothes. She goes, I'm leaving. And she goes, you have to take everything. So I said, done. So I bought the house. Again, it was at a discount. And um, I uh, hired two teenage 17-year-old kids, rented a dumpster, and filled, filled it up over the, the weekend, got it out, cleaned it up, and rented it out within a month. So again, bought, bought at a discount, buy that property, put a credit line to it, and then um, my next house was, um, again, another one. Um, this one here, I was a little too confident, Tom. I was getting confident, <laughs> all, okay? So I thought... All, we've all been there. Yeah, I, I, I can't lose here. Yeah, you're the expert now. That's right. Like, you mean... Because like you, you mean, have a few under your belt now. That's right, yeah. It's easy. This, that, this real estate game is so easy. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I basically, I, I went to the MLS, and I went to the cheapest house that was on MLS. And I said, uh, this was like a month later. And I'm, I'm tacking all these credit lines together. just borrowing like crazy, like massive debt, right? And I said, uh, yeah, I'll take that one. And, and so I put an offer and nobody else wanted it. It sat on for months, and, but it was a lot cheaper. So I, I bought this house and I bring the guys in that were going to help me fix it. And like, uh, Steve, like, we just can't fix this. There's structural issues here. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, you know, we need to underpin. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So again, I waived the home inspection. I was too yeah, confident. Because you were confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I, you I was, knew it all. That's you right. Knew. Wrong. Right. So um, I still have that house again today. Um, it's a house that Tom is doing very well for me and, um, probably, probably almost destroyed you at the beginning, yeah, that's but you, right. you survived. Emotionally it was in the back of my head forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I screwed up. Right. Um, but that's the other thing that I, that I do is that, um, I'll buy homes that are at the lower end of the scale. Okay. A lower end of the price point. But then I will also, um, I will rent to people that don't necessarily have, um, uh, good credit per se. Okay, because of whatever their, whatever circumstances they've had that aren't their fault, and but then I increase my rents a little bit higher. Okay, so if that house would normally rent for say fifteen hundred dollars, I'll charge seventeen hundred dollars, and take and so my my uh, my price point. I'm making more money per house on those lower end of homes, right? So my net is a little bit better. Um, it gives them a place to live, and um, it increases my bottom line, right? And so, you're finding you can get the higher rent because you're accepting l lower credit. Yes. So they're okay. They're like, that's the trade-off. You're like, hey, I'm charging a bit more because of your credit situation. Exactly. They understand that it yep. benefits you. So it's kind of right. kind of wins on both sides. And, and you got to understand, they came from, say, a three-bedroom um, apartment on the top floor to going to a house of their own. Yeah, got it. Got so it. they totally say, Steve, we're willing to do this because we want this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it works out for both, for both, par both parties. And I'm very clear from that at the very beginning. Right. But it just works better for me on my bottom line. Um, so a, a lot of my, um, I bought a few more homes like that. And, uh, you know, like I said, my first home was seven year. There was a seven year gap after that. It was basically every two years I was buying a home roughly. Okay. But there was one year in 2012, I bought five homes. Okay. And I'll tell you how I did it. <clears throat> so spill the beans. Yeah. Spell everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all want to know. So, yeah. Yeah. So back then the rules are a little bit different than they are today. Yeah. And a mortgage broker told me a long time ago is that, um, back then you just needed income, good income, strong income and a down payment. And that down payment could be from 
credit lines, cash, whatever. And I remember my guy from Scotia saying, Steve, just keep buying them because you've got good income and you have the down payment and all these credit lines. I was borrowing all the money, right? None of it was my own, right? So I, um, I went to, um, uh, I, I had this, this one house and um, it was on the, it's on the busiest corner in Stratford, okay? And I bought this one house and there was four homes for sale in a block and the owner was selling them. Um, they were second generation, right? So they were getting to be a little neglected and um, they, they wanted to get rid of them. Um, so they wanted one price for all four. So I put in a lowball offer, they immediately said no. Um, but then my next strategy was because they were selling it as a block, because it's a busy corner, potentially could have been you know, a mixed use residential building or small office building or whatever. Um, I went in and I, I put in a higher offer on one of the homes. They took it, okay? So now I cracked the nut, right? So then I picked away at the other three from them because now I had control, right? So then I bought the other three and I had uh, now four. So now I got my own street corner, right? And, and, and I had the house beside it, which was the one that I lived in. And then at that time, uh, soon after, coincidentally, a developer came to me and said, hey, do you want to sell it? And I said, yeah, sure. He goes, I'll buy it off you, but you need to buy the next house on the outside to make this a full acre. So, okay. So he gives me an offer conditional on me doing this, right? So I, um, I thought, I'm like, great, sign, done, right? It's going to be awesome, make lots of money. So I go knock on the guy's door that I wanted to buy the house from. Can just and imagine you coming down the street. Yeah. You're like, people probably know you by this time. <laughs> yeah. That's the guy who bought all the houses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're totally labeled in the community. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I knock on this guy's door and uh, I offered him way under value. Okay. He slammed the door in my face. Okay. And, and, and I'm like, what the heck just happened here? Like, I screwed that one up. Like, I mean, I offered him like, again, 20% or value. I'm like, oh no. Like, now I have this deal on paper for this X amount to make lots of money. And it's, not, it's worthless until I get that house. So I, I waited two weeks, I went back on his door, and he goes, you know, you insulted me when you gave me that offer. He goes, come into my house, we need to talk. And so I talked to him and he goes, so we know what market value is here, what are you gonna pay me? He goes, o- older that- gentleman? Uh, yeah, it's, well, it's, well if, if I'm almost 50, like, I mean, he would have been probably, But at the time. At the he, time he was older. He was older. Yeah, 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 yeah it seemed okay. older. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say middle age. Um, but, uh, so we sat down and he goes, we know what it's worth, it's worth X. And he goes, I want a premium on that. So I offered him $30,000 more than what was worth, right? Shook the hand, again, really confident that I'm going to get this done. So now it's done. I've got my project together. I go back to the guy, and guess what? It all fell apart. On which the developer? The did? big developer thing. Like we signed off on it, and then it, it, they went past their date, and, and the whole deal fell apart. They just they had many outs in this commercial deal, which I didn't have experience with, and so it didn't sell, bottom line. And were you firm on this other guy's property? Oh, yeah, I bought it. You bought it. Oh, so was, that was a firm. 30%, deal. Yeah, 30%. Oh, no. 30,000 over. Oh, no. So this is the bad part. So then so then the bank goes. Um, you don't qualify. You don't, well, they said, well, you got well, we got to send an appraiser in. So they send the appraiser oh, in. Oh, and you're 30% appraiser, yeah, over. Yeah. The appraiser goes, uh, this is what's worth. I'm like, come on. So you had to pony up the difference I, I if you wanted 30, to close. Yeah, I had to pony up the difference. And did you? I did. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, you sound like a regular real estate investor <laughs> yeah. to me. You know, you, it's like you go yeah, through moments yeah. of time where you right. got it all figured out. And then That's you go through right. moments in time where it just hits you in the head. Exactly. Right? Again, super confident. Yeah. <laughs> it fell on my face. Cause, but anyways, uh, it worked out well in, in the long run. That was kind of 2012. Um, and I've noticed since uh, 2014, things have really taken off. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, yeah, and you said something really important there. It worked out well in the long run. Yeah. I, f- I feel like in real estate, it almost, it like if it works out well for you in the short run, yeah. 
you're almost short run. Is that even a term short run in the short term? It, it almost is a fluke. I feel like, especially yeah. when you get started in real estate, you have to go through the pains of some short term suffering in some capacity. And some of the real estate investors we work with here at Rockstar, yeah. if we help them get a property and they're like, wow, that was so easy. Like they, they saw one house, they make an offer on it. We get it. The yeah. home inspection's good. They rent it out for more than they thought. Yeah. Cash flows better than they even anticipated. So easy. Then they're like, and we always internally, we never really share this, but we're like, Oh no, because if they buy the next one, <laughs> now the bar is set so high and, and it always happens where the yeah. next one is always painful yeah. and then they're suffering and, and we'll get feedback like, Tom, the market's completely saturated because the first property we got <clears throat> rented out in one day where now it's been three weeks That's and we right. don't, and we're like, no, 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 like, don't worry. Like the, the real estate, it's <laughs> if three weeks is not, not yeah. bad, you know, yeah. you just keep advertising it. You'll get someone. Exactly. So uh, you have to go through at some point, you're going to go through the suffering of real estate. That's to come right. out at the it's other. painful and it's stressful. Painful. It's very painful. Yeah. And but long term, yeah. it works. And one last comment on this. You said something interesting after 2014 or 15, things really took off. That's when also in the world, the money printing got a little more aggressive. Interest right. rates have been yes. low for so long, slushing around in Toronto, in Perth, in Ontario, in Canada, in the world. Very true. That you're holding hard assets. That's right. Natural and, benefit and, is the prices and, go up because the value of the dollar slushing around are going right. down. And you know what? I was renegotiating mortgages back in the day, like you say, the 2.3 or whatever it was. And my over for, since 2014, um, our net has been going up steadily because of that. And we've all seen that as investors because the lending is so much cheaper, right? Um, back to my original point, I said, how did you do it? Um, the other thing that um, I made a point about um, a real estate, bro I mean, a mortgage broker said something to me once. Um, he said to me or in the early days, um, at that time, the banks didn't talk to each other, okay? So you could get five from Scotia, you get five from TD, five from yeah, Royal. None of us knew that either. No. It was like you accidentally yeah. learned that. <laughs> so I was all piling on one bank, right? And then I and then I realized, then he said to me, well, they're going to lock you out. Like, I mean, you have to. And so the banks didn't talk to each other. So you can basically slide your portfolio and make five copies of it and go to go down the street and like try and get different Yeah, part properties. of me during that time when we kind of were told that the banks weren't talking to each other, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Are the banks doing this on purpose? Because it's not very hard to talk no, to. So no, in my no, mind, I'm yeah. always thinking how the banks are screwing me in some capacity. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. are they intentionally not talking to each other yeah. just to allow more mortgages to go out? Like, I'm like, why are they not talking? It's, it's the year 2015, for yeah. example, or 2012. Why are they not talking to each other? Yeah. But uh, yeah. So yeah. So back to that debt. Debt was my friend. Like, I mean, I, I built this empire on debt. And then um, over time, I would pay things off. And then um, in 2016, uh, I'll just fast forward here. In 2016, I bought a 15-unit uh, apartment building, okay? Distressed, but in a good location downtown. All right, so ended up putting um, a, a lot of money into it. Um, it was next level. Um, you know, I'm used to, my biggest thing at the time uh, was a fourplex. Um, and I did it for two years, and then we were not finished the project. We, we had to, and, and again, there's no investors here. It's us. It's our equity, our money. So stressful, sleep, sleepless nights, something. I'm coordinating everything with contractors and handling the banks and things. Um, and then I, I, um, I, I met a developer, and uh, he said, would you ever sell it? And I said, yeah. You know, he came and looked at it. We went upstairs in my office up there, and we had a deal on a napkin. A deal on a napkin. Six months later, we closed. 2018. So that was Wh Why huge. was he so eager to buy it, do you think? Because he's growing his company. 
Okay, so this is, it was a great location, um, close to downtown. Uh, there's a lot of development going up there. We've got the University of Waterloo. Um, we have um, an area that the city um, wants to develop as well. Um, okay, so sorry, and I missed that. So that one wasn't in Stratford. That, that was is in, in Stratford. It's oh, a satellite, com- satellite campus. Oh, for University of yeah, Waterloo. Oh, that's I right, don't think I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, got yeah. it. Cool. So anyways, uh, he wanted to grow his company. He's, he has a lot of contacts and wanted to um, also has a, uh, he does project management and then also has the, um, uh, they do the, uh, look after the tenants, um, I can't think of the name of that company. Um, but anyways, they, they wanted to grow their company. So they wanted to get in. They wanted to get in fast. And you got to realize, also in you know 2018, re- before this pre-COVID thing, things were rocking. Prices were going nuts. They wanted to get in before things got too high. We were midway through the project. It was a good fit, fit for him. He had the infrastructure in place, and it worked out great. Huh, so awesome. that allowed me to take that and pile that back on debt and, and reduce a lot of my debt. I was already reducing a lot of my debt. Um, and I think, you and know, he paid more for it than you paid because you had already done a lot of the renovations to fix it right, up and stuff. Right. So you had, Plus, you had invested into it. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Um, so rents were raised already. Did you have it re-tenanted or yeah, no? So, you did? uh, we had, uh, five tenants leave on their own accord. So at that time we could, um, fix them up a little bit and we increased rents were below market value. Sure. Way okay. below market value. Oh, so it was a big difference because then you took it to market value. So you really increased the value of that building. That's right. Okay. Exactly. You know, from rent from say getting 1600 to say 1375, you know what I mean? Big difference in some of these Six, properties. You said 1600 to 1375. Sorry. Uh, 600, 600 to 1375. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, a, you know, we almost doubled these rents and some, now they're beautiful, beautiful spots, right? That we did. Some of them were mainly micro suites. Um, but, um, again, um, you know, you talk about the negatives and one of the negatives is it was almost too much for me, um, because it was a huge project. And I think we need to be real about that too, because people always talk about the positives, right? And, um, I, I I do really, really appreciate the investors that talk about the negatives because it's real, right? So to say, you know, you did this, made this much money and everything's glorious. It's not so glorious, right? So I had to, um, um, you know, go through a lot of struggles to, um, to get to pull that off, put it together both financially and time-wise, right? How did you handle the stress with the family? I'm sure you must. Well, have been let going me say let me say this. I was I was physically at home, but mentally not. Yeah. Right. And that's the real truth, right? Yeah. So and we, we've all been there, and it's 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 not a good feeling. It's not something you want no. for long. But you know what? Uh, they understood. Like I mean, my kids I, maybe don't understand so much, um, but my wife understood that it was for the long term. Again, delayed gratification. So. I was out into, like, I mean, there was a time where I was laying in bed and we we're talking like, you know what, we got to change here. Yeah, Something's yeah. got to change. And um, that was, that was a turning point in the sense that, um, you know, I was either going to sell something or, um, or change it a little because it was, it was too much on my time. Right. So, and um, that, that was great. So we, we got, we ended up um, uh, selling that. And then we recently, uh, for our own personal home, um, I'm a big guy of knocking on doors. Like, I mean, I'm old school that way. I can tell. So if I want a house, <laughs> I can I'll knock on the door, right? <laughs> so just like that other house I told you about. So I knocked on this guy's, um, this, uh, my wife, we drove by this place, this, this property, it's just a bungalow, and it had 10 acres of land right on the edge of the city. And we've been driving by it every single day. It's right off our main thoroughfare towards our house. My, my wife said, I'd like to live there someday. I'm like, oh, really? So I knocked on the guy's door five years ago. He's 80 years old. I left him my phone number. I knocked on the door three years previ- or pro- after that and said my phone number's changed. And so then guess what happened last summer? He called us. Uh, his son called us last June. We're selling the property. And we moved into that property. So we sold wow. our property in 24 hours, what we wanted for it, and bought this for pretty much par. So we were... And what kind of property is it? So it is a bungalow. 
It's on 10 acres. It's just on the edge of the city. Okay. Nice. Now it's in the county, um, and um, it's a treed woodlot. So it's I have, a, I have a great shop there. I have anyways. It's just you sounds know what? like your dream place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just it's just again. But I go back to um, um, going to knock on doors. You know what I mean? If you really really want something, you have to work for it. And you have to step outside your you have to step outside your work uh, outside your comfort zone. You have to be determined. You have to be committed, and sometimes you have to sacrifice a lot. So if people don't go and knock out door uh, on doors and be committed and, and do what you're saying to do, does that just mean they're not really into what they're saying they're into? Do you well, know what I mean? Like, uh, what yeah. is that? Like when someone says, because you know, we meet. I'm sure you meet a lot of people. Yeah. I meet a lot of people who say, you know, I'm really really want to do this, and then you yeah. talk to them, and you're like, well. Yeah you're not really doing anything like no. you're, you're talking a lot, but you're yeah. not doing anything. What yeah. is that? And is let me take that back a bit. So let me just say that maybe I'm an, an anomaly in that sense where I've taken it too far. Okay. Where I've, <laughs> I've made too many problems. Let's be honest. Not everybody sure. is like the knocking on doors, making 30%. Right. Exactly. 30% okay? under. So let's, let's take that back. Cause that's, that's an extreme, but let's say, say for the average person, let's just say you have maybe one or two properties, you know, you only need say, a few properties to have some kicker money down the road. One, one. Yeah. we tell everyone, Hey man, that's one all you property. need. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then you know what, down the road when that mortgage is paid off, right. And you've got all this money sitting there. Another you can, stream yeah. of income. Yeah. You know what? You can either use it as a stream of income. You can, you can stop working or go part time. It gives you options, right? Or you can pay for your education, your kid's education or whatever. So, um, that's what, to take it back. So we say, what is it? Like, I mean, I kind of went way off left field that way. And, um, but I don't think the average person really wants to do that. But, um, I, I still think that you, if you really, really want something, whether it's, if you're, you know, whatever it is you like, you, and you have to enjoy doing it, right? So if it's collecting coins, for instance, if you're a coin collector and you're really good at it, you research it, you can make money collecting coins, right? If you're, if you're passionate about it and you understand it, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be specifically one specific sector, um, so, um, yeah, that's kind of where, where I was at with things. Um, and, uh, that's when you got now. down this path, um, I know we're, we're going to talk about some of the, the books that you like and that kind of stuff. But when you went down this path, what was the, like for me, real estate, like I was in the tech industry, I was working in software to all my friends. That was the place to be, mm -hmm. but I had somehow convinced myself rightly or wrongly that I needed to own property. Mm -hmm. Like it was just in my, and, and I'm like, Every day that goes by that I don't own some hard asset or own an asset that's working for me, I'm, I'm just wasting time here. Yeah. Like I somehow in my mind, yeah. I made this a huge problem, right. like a, probably yes. a bigger problem than it actually was. Like I was, had a great job and I bought a family home yeah. and you know, you know like, I was absolutely the same way and along the same lines um, for a brief, brief period of time before I was on, back out of college, I was, I was unemployed and I try to do something productive every single day. Okay. So if it was the first day, I just went to the unemployment office. That was my, if I made three phone calls to three potential job prospects, or if I did my resume that day, I try to do something um, every single day to build for the future, gain momentum. And then why all of a sudden- Why do you think you're like that? I don't know. I think that's you just see, the way You I'm mentioned wired. your parents at the beginning. Yeah. So what, my, parents, my parents were uh, very hardworking. They didn't have a lot. Um, and so- I don't know. I just, I've had that internal drive that has been inside of me. 
Um, it's, you know, filling up the bucket with the drip, drip, drip. Next thing you know that the bucket's full. Yeah. You know what? Someone and, asked me the other day, like, where yeah. does that come from? And, and I was, you know, I'm like every, every once in a while I change my answers on it. I'm like, sometimes I don't know if it comes from fear. It like, does be. it come from fear of just like, like maybe I'm personally a control freak yeah. and I, if I'm not doing something, I right. feel like I'm not in control of my life. And by trying to do something, I feel like I'm controlling the, my mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. And and other times I'm like, oh, I don't know, it's just my personality mm-hmm. type. Like and, I have to get I, up and hit the ground running. I think that's right. And, and you know what? Sometimes it's not always about money. And I find that too, is that, um, you know, sure, money is a big part of it, but it's not everything. Right. And I want to talk a little bit about that later on as well. So keep. Um, so are we now current with your real estate journey? Yeah. So okay. Good. With, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about those um those credit lines that you were able to get on those properties? Yeah. I think that is when you started, you could get those, and the banks really didn't even penalize you for them. More currently, right. if you get credit lines, you know how we were saying the banks yes. don't. Now the banks will. Oh, you know, you have a credit line on that property. Okay, we're going. Even though, even if you have zero dollar balance on it, right, and it's a hundred thousand dollar limit on that yes. credit line, for example, yes, some banks over the last few years have said, oh, well, we're going to assume that you're taking the hundred thousand, and right. we're going to use that against you when you're, you're right. qualifying for this property. And it's like, you're oh right. my gosh, you're right. it's why I tell everyone and I think people think I'm very I come from a selfish place when I say this I'm like hey when the banks are willing to lend you the money you take the money absolutely you take them even if even if you think the current environment is not right yeah when the banks are saying here's some money that's right you take it because you never know when they're going to change their story or change their mind And and you know what that's one theme over the last 25 years that I've learned that nothing is constant with the banks you know you walk in one day you walk in the next day and things have changed like, so, where are all those rules? Where's my banker? Well, he got promoted. Right? Yeah, totally. He's yeah, gone. You, you make friends with one banker. Yeah. I remember when we went to CMHC, went to 0% down around 2006. Yeah. 40 year AMs? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I totally forgot about the 40 year amortization. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. I totally yeah. forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah 0% yeah. down yeah. and 40 year amortizations. And I remember the, 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 the uh, mortgage insurance on it was rather huge because yeah. it was. But I remember thinking as an investor, if I can make this property cash flow, Nick and I were looking at each other like, wait a second. And at that time, way back then, we can actually get some real estate deals done. We can't anymore. um, Where we negotiated on the agreement of purchase and sale that the seller would pay for our closing costs. (laughs) So that we we had it documented all up front. Mr. Zero. Yeah. So we were like, wait a second, the bank's going to lend us everything and the seller is going to pay for our, our land transfer and our legal yeah. so we can buy pro and we were somewhat hesitant because I think we were looking around going why right. is everybody why is everybody not doing as many yeah. like are we mi- you know when you're doing something yeah. that you think's really good but you think maybe you're on the wrong path because no nobody else is yeah, doing yeah. it yeah. Yeah. and yeah. looking back yeah. I'm like why didn't we hammer down on that even fat harder yeah, exactly. and faster but uh, you look back, th- yeah. that was the time when we learned when that all went away we're like, wow, you know, those moments in time when the banks are willing to lend, you really take advantage. And it's interesting now, right? Because the banks, uh, Steve, I don't know if you know this, today, the five-year fixed in Canada is being offered at 1.99% by HSBC. Wow. 1.9, first time in history of oh Canada. Oh my goodness. 1.99. Nick wow. just sent me the link. So if I'm not right on the history of wow. Canada there, don't hold me to that. But no, I believe no, no, it's no. in the history of Canada. 1.99. No. Five-year. Yeah, get buying. So yeah, if you, you know can I mean? grab some, but you For have to sure. be smart. Yep. You know, you Absolutely. were smart with your debt. Did you ever lose sleep of how much debt you were carrying? Uh, you know what? It's kind of funny because it it uh, it was always in the back of my mind, but I always pushed it out um, because I knew it was a necessity, right? And I knew I had some assets. My wife and I, we always just said, worst case scenario, we sell everything. We just walk away, right? So it was there. But I mean, it was all debt. But I mean, I had something attached to it. So I knew that I could get out of it, right? Um, 
But, uh, and that's the other thing, you have to be comfortable with that too, right? Most people can't sleep with this extra debt. Um, but um, now I'm on the other side of the coin where it's working really well and we've got our, um, uh, that debt, that debt thing is, is really, really low. So, but yeah, it, it's a necessity, you know, and it, it was, uh, it was challenging. Um, but like you said, if they're going to give it to you, then take it. You've, you can always sell the property, you know, real estate is over time has been forgiving, right? We've seen some blurps and you, you do the there, there are times when yeah. it's even tough. I mean, I remember when our family went through the worst period of like 1990 to 1996, I want to say mm-hmm. that was tough because yeah. even if you wanted to sell, you could, you could, yeah. but the money you were going to get back for the property might not even be covering the debt you owed. So yes. you, there were, there have been times in history yes. and that's why I tell everyone it's kind of weird. Like I think you're in the same position. It's like mm-hmm. we pr- promote the idea of real estate, but we always say be sh- very short-term paranoid yes. and long-term optimistic. Yes. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow, but if you're in it for the long game, yes. you're going to win. Nick and I will never buy a property, even if we're thinking to flip it in six months, unless we think we'll own it for 10 years. Right. If we believe good thought we, yeah, we'll own it for 10, we would hold this property for 10 years, yeah. then we'll proceed on a, even if it's a flip, a short rent to own, whatever strategy. Yeah. But the first question that must always be answered, would we own that sucker yeah. <laughs> for 10 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if the answer is no, forget it. Right. We're not and, doing and, it. And as you can probably tell in my journey, I've never really sold anything other than that one building, that wow. big apartment building. Yeah, cool. you know, I've held on to everything. So, um, and that was a big thing. So you've never had it. to, yeah. So that one you sold, I sold, I, I'll never forget. Uh, I, I sold one of my student rentals by York university that I owned with my brother-in-law <laughs> yeah. and paying the tax man on when you sell a property right. that you've owned for some time and you write yes. that check. Yes. That is not a fun check no. to write. But the thing is, even if capital gains are 25, 25%, you're still ahead 75%. Oh yeah. No, no, so I'm not complaining. No, I'm no, not no. complaining. Well, you know what? But I am complaining. I am complaining. Nobody wants to pay that. No, but yeah, it's yeah. just when you see that dollar, yeah, amount you're like I know how I many potholes this better fix every single that's pothole right, exactly in the history of toronto <laughs> that's right exactly exactly yeah so I, I got a couple of uh you know funny stories too you know when you just like you said earlier when you think you've got everything's figured out yeah. we were getting so good at getting everybody at the property at the same time right. that we were getting too good with our marketing and one property i couldn't be there with nick nick went by himself yeah. and instead of like four families at the same time right. we had a dozen families so that means kids so there was a 30 some odd people and one big guy comes in the kitchen to nick like nick nick describes him as like a pretty intimidating character and he basically said what's going on here i thought i had the property to myself and nick's like yeah we overbooked it our apologies and you know we had to turn it down a little bit so now whenever we do that we always tell everyone hey look there are going to be other people at the property at the yeah. same time. Yeah. This is yeah. not like us right. uh, exclusive viewing yes. for you. That's good advice. Um, but uh, good advice. it was one of those situations where, you yeah. know, you think you got it all figured out and That's it comes right. back. But he said, man, there was kids running around, shoes flying wow. out the front door, people yeah. running around the lawn, people coming <laughs> in the back door. He said there was people upstairs. He goes, I thought oh. somebody was having a shower upstairs while he was <laughs> talking. The, it was just a disaster. Wow. I once had a tenant, um, they gave me verbal notice they were leaving in 13 years. <laughs> okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was the, what's, the, what's the story behind that? Um, you know, they were an older couple there in their 60s, and they said, you know what, uh, we, we figured that um, by, you know, we're early 70s, we're going to leave. So 13 years, uh, we're wow. going to be leaving here. That's just like a nice Canadian. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, listen, just want to give you a heads up. Just want to give you a heads up in 13 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometime in the next decade, we're going to be leaving. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and then I had uh, I had another funny story once. Um, uh, lady called me up and she said that this couple called me up and they, they said, 
uh, our toilet won't flush, right? So I go over there. I'm like, what's going on? I'm trying to plunge this thing. I'm like, it is not going down, right? So I'm like, what did you, like, did you guys put anything in here? I'm like, no, 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 we did nothing, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, whatever. I pull a toilet off and I flip it over and I look in the bowl and there was an algae eater in there. I'm like, I pulled it out with my, my, uh, my vice grips, I mean, my, um, my needle nose. I pulled it out. I'm like, what's this? And I said, oh, sorry, we emptied our fish tank and uh, we didn't know what to do with the algae eater, so we flushed it down the toilet. Oh, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, why don't you just be honest with me and tell me, right? So, anyways, it was. Uh, we, I, I'll never, you're, you're, you're giving me flashbacks now. We had a property <laughs> where somebody, I guess, was flushing rags for whatever reason yeah. down the toilet and they built up right on probably about a foot on our property line. You know, if you get a sewer backup, like yeah. a, like a sewage backup and it's yeah. caused by the city side of the demarcation point on the property, mm-hmm. the city will pay typically for yes. damages on the, on the property. But these rags, I guess, got flushed far enough like down because, and it, you know, went down and went under the house. The way yeah. this toilet was, it, this, the piping literally went diagonally under the entire length of the house. And then it went the entire length of the lot right to like the edge of the property line. And it stopped like one foot on our side. So <laughs> when they put did. the cameras down to check, like yeah. if it's the city problem or our problem, yeah. Yeah. and then they managed to put one of those snakes down there and bring it back up. And the tenants are like, oh yeah, sorry, you know what? We're were flushing these kind of like greasy rags they were using for their cars or something down down the toilet i'm like oh my gosh and we had water damage overflowing the toilets you know and i'm like oh geez so uh anyway sorry sorry actually that reminds me because it was the same property sorry now i'm having another flashback it's the same property where we had a different sewage backup with different tenants who flushed some things down the toilet the sewage comes up into this laundry room area that was right next to where we put in a new furnace have you heard this story from me nick went there was literally shit coming up through the pipes and nick got there and i got there roughly at the same time this is the one where nick was getting on his hands and knees yeah yeah, yeah. nick yeah this is that one it's the same (laughs) property sorry i apologize for no no no, do it yeah there literally was a like a like a a tidal wave of shit water (laughs) and and flowing towards our brand new furnace and nick and there was two plumbers there trying to clean this all out and i'm there going ah damn and i'm you know there's like we're trying to kind of contain this thing but everyone's kind of disgusted and and the water just there's this extra gush that comes out because i guess they had pulled something and the yeah. water started flowing and the water starts going towards the furnace nick literally dives on the side <laughs> on his side like the side of his body to protect the new furnace because nick <laughs> is very careful with our money and so he's like i'm not letting this furnace get infiltrated so and he funny. literally put his arm out like a dam and then he just <laughs> kind of like pushed the flow of water of that, like this shit. and your, your eyes like my eyes are, the plumber literally turned to me and said i've seen a lot of stuff but i've never seen that and he did wow. stop it. We got a mob, wow. you know, we got the mobs. Yeah. And anyway, I'm yeah, way yeah. off topic. No, no, no. Uh, that's that's funny. all the different stuff we all you, have. What to, you do as an investor, yeah. right? What you <laughs> do, you look back. Well, that furnace you, cost to us at that time, that was, yeah. it, well, it's a lot of money today. It's a lot but, of money. But back then, it was like, that's not money we had. No. You know? So every penny that's is, what you do. For sure. Every <laughs> penny is like in the, in the early days, it's like, man, oh, alive. It's, geez. Every penny counts, right? That's when you freak out in real estate, I yeah. find, when you have that unexpected problem and you haven't planned for it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's when financially, it really hurts you. Right, sure. and that's why for I sure. think you're probably the same. Well, yeah, we tell everyone have have for each property have a few thousand dollars, like even that's five, right. Build up the cash flow to like five thousand dollars or or a credit line, so that you can have some emergency money because you don't want to be like us and what we've been through. Where no. something happens and you kind of freak that's out. That's right. And I, the other thing I would say about this business is a couple takeaways that I've learned. Um, one of them is this: this is a people oriented business. You're a landlord and they're a tenant. So, and I don't even really like the word landlord. It's kind of, but anyways, um, you know. 
these are this is their homes. You're not selling them a car or a computer, never seeing them again. You're seeing them, they're living in this space, right? So it's their home. So it's something that um, you know, it, it's a relationship you have between the people. It's just not a it's it's not a transaction, it's a relationship. And um, as a as a as a small landlord, um, that's kind of how also all I built my business on my reputation is is develop relationships with these people, listen to them, you know, come to the concerns, pick up the phone and respond to them right away. You know what I mean? Have that relationship, and it goes a long way. You don't see them at the landlord tenant board, right? They pay on time, or or they make um, we make things out that they have to make payment plans or whatever to kind of. Um, uh, to make it work. The other thing, I, the other takeaway I have is that uh, don't expect tenants to uh, to live like yourself, right? So if you walk in the room and they don't live like you do, right? You cannot enforce your style of living on them. You just have to walk away from that, step away, and say, okay, they're paying their rent, the house is taken care of, nothing's getting wrecked. Let it let it ride, right? You can't let the little things like that bother you. So um, that's that's another thing that I kind of had to learn over time, right? And then I also, you know, I, I try to put a lot of the utility costs on the tenant. It makes it easier. Uh, it's something that I did, you know, back in the day. Um, <clears throat> changed all the electrical, so it was everything. Utilities are in their name. It, it just made it easier Smart. for me. Yeah. Um, that 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 one specifically, we had one student rental where we couldn't understand why the water bill bill was going so high, and it turned mm-hmm. out one of the Students in there was basically uh, turned our student rental into a laundromat for yeah. all her friends yeah. and was just doing laundry like constantly in the machines. Right. And uh, yeah, when you, as soon as you put the utility costs yeah. on the tenant, I find everything's always under control. That's right. Let's yeah. be honest. You're going to take a longer shower if you're not paying for the hot water. Yeah, no. Right? And and for us, it was a lot of like, why are the windows always open whenever we drive by in the middle of summer with the air conditioning on exactly. full blast? You know, like exactly. It, or why does the house look like a Christmas tree? Yeah, because yeah. you're paying for the electricity, <laughs> yeah, dude. That too. Right. That too. So yeah. All the light you drive by, and all the lights are on the house. Yeah, like, totally. What is going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my hydrometer's like, what's yeah, going on yeah. here? Like, and you don't want to judge anyone who, in the way they live, no. so that just cr- kind of that makes that all work for everybody. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So that's what are some of the you know I you know what are some of the mentors books yeah. like because you, so, you, you brought a book that yeah. means a lot like i can't i can't believe how much i love that book yeah can you just share a bit sure. about this book so this is one of the first books um the millionaire real estate investor by gary keller um and uh, dave jenks and uh, jay papazan and i liked it because it's now it's an older book but the principles of this it's funny that you say that's an old book because i remember reading that late, yeah, later yeah. in my own that's because we're old tom yeah i know i know anyway <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, an old yeah, book yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> go on go on um so the principles of this book like i mean the, the one thing I, I wanted to highlight was uh page 151 it talks about your financial journey okay and in your financial journey it basically explains how to how to uh, build to 15 properties. Now, that may not be realistic in today's day and age, but even to build one or two properties, it just explains how how the equity journey works, right? Basically, um, you know, it's like doing laundry. Rinse, wash, repeat. Rinse, wash, repeat. Find that system, buy, it, buy the property, increase the rents, uh, borrow from it, and buy the next one. Stack the homes. That's, that's essentially what, what they... Um, and, and just, you know, you're saying that we've all been through, I think some people might hear our stories when we were able to get mortgages and qualify for them for them in a different way than today. But we were also doing it when interest rates, like Nick and I had some properties where we were getting six and a half percent. And that was like, a, and then when we got five, it was like, wow, that's a really yeah. good rate. When you can get five year fixed money, as we were talking earlier yeah. for one nine nine, just remember that yep. it always changes. Like maybe the qualification that's is right. a little harder right now, but interest rates are also 1.99. That's right. You know, so, and also 
also, if you have a mortgage from a year ago where you were able to get a prime minus 0.8 or something mm-hmm. like that, and with the prime rate being so low, yeah. you're paying like 1.6, 1.7%. And if rates continue to fall, these yeah. things are going lower. Exactly. I, we have this outstanding little game at Rockstar. The first Rockstar, I, anyone, I don't know if it's our team or the Rockstar members as a whole, but anyone who reports to us that they got a negative rate mortgage, to wow. me, that's like you've just won life. You just you rang, know, the, you you just rang the bell. Won. You just yeah. won. you yeah. win. Yeah. So we're gonna have yeah. some uh, some prize for the that first would person. Be super Can cool. you believe that? That would be I, unbelievable. And, and, and two years ago, yeah. everyone told me, Tom, yeah. it's impossible. Yeah. And I'm, I've always said rates are gonna go lower. Yeah. Rates are gonna go you lower. Did for and years. everyone's like, no, yeah. no, they're not gonna go lower. Yeah. And they can never go negative yeah. in Canada. I'm like, well, now the five year fixed is one point nine nine. I used you and Nick's economic update as a basis for what I'm gonna do two years out. I have, yeah, cool. and I've used cool. that as a benchmark. So by listening to that economic update that you and Nick do, I, I right or wrong, right? Yeah, because we, we, you guys yeah. are not economists, no, right? No. You're two guys from Oakville, yeah. but I mean, I have used that um, as a benchmark to buy ahead. So uh, it's a testament to you guys and all the hard cool, work you've thank done, you. right? Thank so, you. And it's worked so far. Yeah, yeah. But I always say okay. so far. So far, I know, I know. It's <laughs> you know, funny because yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, a lot of people yeah, tell yeah, us yeah, they yeah, like that yeah, economic yeah, update. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, damn, you know when things go sideways <laughs> yeah, on that yeah, thing, yeah. we're probably going to hear a lot of complaints yeah, about that yeah, economic right, yeah. update. But what? you know what? You always say your caveat is you don't have the crystal ball, right? We and don't. nobody does. We know. So that's a disclaimer. But yeah, and I use that as a disclaimer. But at the same time, Nick and I want to dive into this stuff because we're like, when you live in a world of unsound money, unfortunately, yeah. we all have to play armchair economists. Yeah. If, if there was sound money, like yes. the money could not be manipulated as easily as it could be, uh, as it is, none of us would have to play this game of armchair economists because things were very, would be very simple. You work hard. You save the money in which you save mm-hmm. keeps its value, mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about the future. However, when we live in a world of unsound money, where you work hard, save, and then the money that you save could potentially be worth less and less every year, that fact forces me and you to have to become economists because we have to figure out what's coming because yeah. our savings, our capital accumulation, is attacked from the system itself. Yes. And, and so so it's it's like you're forced into this role that yes. none of us and really want to be. The other thing I find is that you keep it basic. So you look at the principles and you look at population growth, right? So if you lot if you have a, if you if you throw a lot of people in one room, guess what? You need another room. Right? So you keep it basic, right? Interest rates are low. Well, what's going to happen? You know, you can buy or you can buy more house. So those are basic things that a guy like me who's not the smartest guy in the shed. <laughs> oh, come on. Right? Yeah. So so I, I can understand that. If you go talking about all this fancy stuff on there, you lose me. Right? Well, but by f- keeping basic like that, that makes sense for me. Yeah. We're going to have more people living here. Here's the facts. Let's go buy more homes. So that's what bothers me about sometimes when you hear some economists, and, and many of them are great, but some of the economists, when they talk with some of their language, you're like, I don't even understand what you're talking about. Like no. when I've just discovered in business yeah. that when people talk in complicated language to me, yeah. it's almost code for they are either lying or don't yes. know their business yes. because things are generally very simple. Yes. You know, like I, like right. real estate, it's not really complicated. Like no. find a good house in a good area that you yeah. know stuff about like Stratford, you know a yeah. lot about Stratford, mm-hmm. figure out what the income is, yeah. figure out what the expenses are. Yes. What are your variables? Maybe the interest rates. And then yes. after that, 
there is not really and, that much more. And also with that, that not everybody knows everything. To, right? A good point. Thank so you. that is yeah. very good to know, to, to keep that in the back of your mind. Because so I used to think people, I'm like, oh, that guy must have everything figured out. And now no. I know, I'm like, holy shit, yeah. nobody knows anything. No. It's like <laughs> me, I told you earlier, like, you mean my 25 year journey. And I thought I knew everything. I go with Mike DeZormo. We go look at a student rental for my son. And we go through, and I'm like, Mike, I thought I knew everything. Because that was I your know first. Nothing. You had never been inside student rentals, no, right? I know yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah. He's ta- going into rooms, barging into rooms, <laughs> talking to people. I'm like, can you do this? Like, how is he doing this? So, anyways, it was uh, it was an eye opener. To my point that, you know, not every and that's the thing that I uh, I think we've all learned to do is lean on our team. Whenever I make an important decision, I have two or three key people, close friends I've had for a long time that have some business experience that I lean on. I ask them very heavy questions, right? And then I, I just don't make quick decisions. I digest it, digest it, digest it. I write down, Tom, you know, the pros. What are the cons? And from there, I make a decision. But guess what? I don't look back. Make a decision. Don't look back. And I think that's solid advice because people have come to me and say, oh, I bought this house at the height of the market. I said, you made the decision based on these principles. Don't look back. Look ahead. Look at the next thing. And that's all you can do. Or you, you, you'll go crazy. You'll go crazy. Right? So uh, back to the other point, though, I think that, um, um, you know, people say, well, I can't buy. Or you, done, you couldn't have done this when we had 20% interest or you can't do that now because of COVID. You can always do it. There's always a way. You just got to figure it out, right? So you just take your current environment and you adapt to it accordingly. So they can say, oh, Steve did this because the banks were giving away money. Tom did it because they had 40-year AMs. Or he had, you know, he had a brother that would die, snow, you know, dive into <laughs> block, a furnace thing. I don't have shit. that brother, <laughs> right, to block shit. So, but you know what? You figure it out. You put your team together. And, and that goes for everything, right? I, I think that if you want anything so much, you'll find, I find that the people spend the time on the things that they, um, they uh, value the most, right? So if I value watching TV, I'm going to watch a lot of TV, right? That's my, if I enjoy, if I like, the Leafs, right? I'm going to go to the Leaf Games. You spend your time and your money on things that are important to you. So if it's important to you to do that, you're going to do it. If you have excuses, you know, I say to my son, you're an excusey man here. Like, I mean, don't give me all these excuses. Tell me why. And, and then he figures it out. He's great. He's awesome. He's way smart above his ages, more wise than I am. But uh, anyways, it's very, very interesting. And I, and I find, so keep it, uh, this next point I want to hear from you, but it's taken me a long time in my life to understand that my past failures have actually been my personal raw material for my, my own success and whatever that means to me, yeah. right? If I haven't made the mistakes yes. that I have made, I wouldn't have enough raw material to make the decisions that guided to me what, to what I consider my own success. Absolutely. Like I needed those mistakes. Like That's right. I ne- you need to screw up like the mistakes you've made in real estate just made you stronger if you didn't make any mistakes and you went through you know 15 properties and never made a mistake you would probably have so much confidence and think that you had figured out so much you would buy the freaking uh, Roger Center or something right. and lose everything because you did it all wrong. Like you need to make the mistakes because the right. mistakes are really, when I reflect back on, and I'm still learning today, yeah. still learning. Absolutely, the, the, me too. The, the mistakes are really where everything is comes from. Like you need them with no mistake. If you try to live a life with no mistakes, you don't yeah. have the raw material needed for your own success. Absolutely. It's frustrating when I see people who don't, they're too scared to like make a mistake. I'm like, yes. you know what? Get to the point where you're eight out of 10 yeah. on whatever you're, you're trying to do, whether it's start an yep. e-commerce store, yep. invest in cryptocurrencies, yep. buy real estate. And yep. after that, yeah. you know you what, take Tom? the leap. I failed grade five. No way. Yeah. 
So you know what my dad said to me? I was I was down Where there. was this? Uh, uh, in Cambridge. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So like I mean, that's what I mean. I'm not a scholastic, I'm not an education person. I, I'm not that type of guy. And I failed grade five. And I remember my dad saying to me, he sat me down, I'm like bawling my eyes out. And it was a split class. So grade five was on one side, grade six was on the other side. So in September, I stayed on that one side. Yeah, okay. And all my buddies oh, moved over. Geez. Like, how hard for all that? Oh. So my dad said to me a long time ago, he goes, you know, Steve, you know why they put erasers on, on pencils? He said, because everybody makes mistakes, right? And I live by that analogy, right? So, and that, that, that made me stronger too, you know, because as a person, I'm like, and then after that, I just, boom, 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 boom. I was most improved in grade seven, grade eight, and did really, really well. You know what I mean? So, but I mean, like you said, it's the mistakes and, and we have to be real about our mistakes. And, um, yeah, they're you know, something to be embarrassed no, about. No. We all do have we, them. You know, if you, if you go you hear about the guy that goes to the casino and every time he comes back, he wins. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, I have friends like that. Yeah, he wins. Steve, I have friends yeah. like that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. And so I'm I have sometimes with them in Las Vegas, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I, I don't, I don't yeah, see yeah, yeah, how yeah, they're yeah, doing that's right. And I have more respect for the guy that said, I lost 8,000, but I'm ahead 2,000 because I won two, you know, I won 10 grand. You know, I have more respect for that because that's real, right? That's, totally, that's, really, yeah. that's the real shit and I think, that Nick was I, diving into, right? Totally. And so. I think we all have big bullshit detectors where you kind yeah. of feel if someone's like you're like oh, sure yeah, yeah, this, yeah this guy is not yeah. right you yeah. know yeah yeah, yeah. So, exactly. uh, cool thanks for sharing that yeah man. yeah for I sure appreciate that. so what, what, you're about to re- yeah, what yeah, are you yeah about so to i re- i just have one piece and i, I just want to say that you know at the very beginning um and i may be repeating myself is that it takes a lot of sacrifice it takes a, a lot of grit a lot of determination um but near the end there is a res- there is a reward but as you go through your journey, whatever that is, is that stop and smell the flowers once in a while. You know, just, just we all have to be super focused and we all have to do it. But I mean, don't be the Steve DeCoke and be at home and be there physically, but not mentally. Okay, so let's take the time as we go through life because life is short, right? And let's, we get sick or whatever, let's, let's smell the flowers along the way. And then, you know, once you get to a point, enjoy your time and enjoy your money, right? So I just want to read this one paragraph, if you're okay with it, from Gary Keller from The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Read it out, read it out. It's on page 352. I hope I can do this. Um, It says, money doesn't care. The world doesn't care if you're a millionaire, and certainly money doesn't care. You're the one who cares, and that is how how it, as it should be. You should care because it's your life. The The key to having money is wanting it and knowing why you want it. The key to being a millionaire is wanting a lot of money and doing what it takes to get it. The key to being happy with a lot of money is understanding what money can and can't do for you. We all have priorities in life. The money, the people who matter most and the things we most like to do and have. Money, whether we have it or not, isn't intended to define or redefine our priorities. It is intended to help finance them. Money is just money. It will expose and amplify you, but it won't change you. It's simply a medium of exchange that gives you freedom and allows you to buy what you need. The key to happiness is not more money. Happiness is happiness. Our life purpose is to have the best life possible in the time allotted for us. It is not the month. It's not the amount. It's the value. And you can't buy that. Money doesn't buy value as it pertains to the best life possible. Money merely reflects what you, what you value and, and does what it's told. Money sits there until it's called. So put money in its proper place. When you know wh- why you want more money and are realistic about it, what it will do for you, you're in a great place to call it. You want it, you know why you want it, and you are ready to get it. But make no mistake about it. Money has its own rules and, and disciplines. And it doesn't care who you are. If you break its rules, it'll break you. In other words, when you break money's rules, you're broke. Don't be financially illiterate. Learn the rules and enjoy the rewards. It's your life. Money doesn't care about it one way or another, but you do.
Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. It was powerful, eh? And yeah. I, that's you, you've to kept me. that handy. I, I have. have. Oh yeah, look at this book. I can tell. Right? Look at me. Look at this yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just it's just an interesting. I like that line about if you don't know the rules, the money has rules, and if you don't know the rules, you're broke. You know, it's it's money. I I, I for years I couldn't understand when people would tell me money has rules. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? Money has rules. I don't yeah. get it. And now I kind of get it. Like. You know, you have, there's rules, you have to save, you have to produce value into the marketplace. And when you produce value, you're rewarded. And, and, and I didn't understand these things. And if you don't have skills, the marketplace won't value you. That's right. It's just, it's, it's, it's powerful stuff. It is. It's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to say, I was going to say something else in, in, um, in today's, uh, Silicon Valley, uh, for those that start do startups, sometimes it's celebrated as to how big your failure was. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, so yeah. you do a startup, and I've lost. Let's just yeah. say you start a billion. <laughs> say Tom Karadza made a startup called uh, Karadza App. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he lost a billion. Yeah, yeah. You, today, that's that's your accomplishment. Yeah. You're bragging with. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's a weird way it's of thinking. Weird about way so of what thinking. is money doing to us? You know it's what I mean? A weird way of thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just. The world today, in so many ways, it's so weird to me in many, many ways. Like, yeah, yeah, to celebrate, uh, there's a difference, I think, between celebrating a failure and learning from it than, or celebrating how much money you lost as some way of saying that you're successful in some capacity. It's just, yeah, so much yeah, to figure out. For sure. I don't, I don't know. I feel like this year, 20, we were just talking about it here in the office. Mm. We're like, I don't know. Can we just call like a mulligan on 2020? Yeah. Like, can we just say, can we just say, yeah. you know what? Let's go back to December 31st, 2019. Cause I just feel like there's all these, co- like I've read different economists talk about it over the mm. years and they talk about how, you know, the economy is not a linear thing. And the way central bankers think about the economy is they plan for it very linear, linearly. Like yeah. if this happens, we will then do this. We will print this much money or we will do this to interest rates. And then if that happens, we will do this. But some of these guys talk about like complex game theory and complex theory and and, and the fact that there's multiple complex layers to economy, an economy all sitting on top of each other. Mm. And if they all go kind of weird or bonkers at the same time, no one can really plan for that. And I feel like 2020 is the perfect example of that, that there's just all this ever thought. Yeah. Like, I mean, what you said, say six months ago, you know. Can you imagine saying the whole economy is lost? Can you imagine I told you in December, Steve, you know what? I'm going to have a prediction. (laughs) The city of Toronto will completely shut down and they they will tell some of the downtown core workers not to come back for... What are, I don't know. What's March to September? March, April, yeah. May, June. Like six months. Yeah. They won't. There won't be anyone in the downtown core working for half of 2020. Yeah. Steve, you would literally look at me and I'd say, probably leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> this guy's smoking? nuts. I was listening hey. to that economic. <laughs> yeah. You've you totally lost. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it's uh and it's, it's weird times. And I feel like when we all kind of boil things down to the principles of mm-hmm, stuff, and mm-hmm, it's why mm-hmm. I like your passage there so much. Yeah, it's, for sure. I, I, I and like I said, it's um, it, I just you know I just. You know, time goes by so quick. You know what I mean? I'm measuring it in decades now. So just enjoy the ride, right? Enjoy and, and, it. And, and figure out what you want to do. At the same time, um, you know, just uh, if you want a little bit extra, then try it. You know what I mean? Just give it Go a try. You can always. 
Steve, man, so, I yeah. appreciate you sharing all this. You yeah. did not have to come on and share your story. You're not asking for anything. You're not selling anything. You just wanted to come out and share what you're doing. And there's a ton of value in that. So really, I mean, it's a, really appreciate that. I think that's what makes what we're doing worth it because you were asking me earlier, how, how do you guys put up with a lot of the stuff that you must put up with? And I think it's, it's, it's the opportunity to meet people like yourself, to share your story, and then hopefully me believing that somewhere out there is hearing this and it helps them in some small way. Absolutely. Like I wish I had some of this information when I was younger. Right. Absolutely. And that's what makes all of Rockstar worth it to For me. For sure. Cause there is a lot of shit that we got to put up. Absolutely. That's not flowing towards a furnace. So <laughs> thank you. Really appreciate you doing this. Are you, do you, uh, you're not handing out any contact in, no. We'll uh, yeah. Leave do you want uh, to? Sure. I can. Yeah. Uh, if you, uh, do you want to hand my out email, email address? address? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, S K J L. Holding, H-O-L-D-I-N-G at gmail.com. Say it one more time. S-K-J-L holding at gmail.com. Steve, really appreciate this, man. Yeah. Uh, next time, uh, maybe I'll be bumping into you at a TFC game. Yeah, right. That'd be cool. Seeing, I don't even know when the TFC games are scheduled. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I uh, would love to, to bump into you. Thanks for doing this. We'll have you back again at some point. If you're up for love it, we'll to. have you back love again. Love to. My appreciate pleasure. this, man. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Tom again. So Steve, thank you so much for making the trip from Stratford, Ontario down here to Oakville to share your story and just being as open as you were. Really, really thank you for that. And if you're listening to this and you want some more real estate investing information specific to the Ontario market, you can check out the different reports that we put together at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. And with that, until next time, your life, your terms.